Shalom and welcome to Torah to the People, a podcast from Temple Israel in Memphis, Tennessee. I'm Rabbi Micah Greenstein. We hope you enjoy this selection of our sermons, classes, and conversations with inspiring people from across the Bluff City and around the world. This past Sunday, beneath clear skies and beautiful weather, I performed my first wedding here in Memphis. It was a gorgeous day, an opportunity to celebrate a wonderful couple. And as is the case in so many weddings, you could sense the joy they felt in being together and the joy of the family and friends who gathered there to celebrate with them. This joy our tradition teaches is divine. It is sacred in nature. We read in the final, the last of the seven blessings in a Jewish wedding ceremony, we praise you, O God, creator of joy and gladness, love and companionship, laughter and song, pleasure and delight, harmony and celebration, peace, wholeness, and friendship. Celebrations like this can often stand still in time, allowing for at least just a moment when the troubles and the darkness of the world can melt away. Yet, even feeling the jubilation of this moment The breaking of the glass this past Sunday served as a jolting reminder of the brokenness we've seen in our world in recent weeks. At that moment, I sensed what I think is, for many of us, a common feeling, the strangeness of experiencing joy in times of tragedy, when so many suffer and so many of us sit in pain and grief. This week, my eyes have been glued, perhaps a little bit too closely, to the stream of information from news agencies and social media. Amidst updates of the horrific travesties experienced by the victims in southern Israel, I and all of us, or so many of us, all witnessed the marked shift around the globe from solidarity with the Jewish state to a torrent of vitriol, hatred, and blatant anti-Semitism. As people use pleas for the suffering of Palestinians in Gaza as a justification for attacks on Jewish institutions and even Jewish people. Before we have even fully had a chance to grieve what occurred on October 7th, we find ourselves in fear, confronted by a hatred we know all too well one that shakes us to the core of our being. And yet I had to remind myself that the world we see on our screens is not all-encompassing. There is still hope and light out there. So I kept looking, or I kept scrolling, in search of openings, opportunities for strength, for courage, and for inspiration. One story I came across in my search was of another wedding, not here in Memphis or even in Tennessee, but in Jerusalem that took place in the days following the Hamas terror attack. 
Catherine Leff and her partner Avichai spent months planning a large, joyous celebration for their wedding planned for Monday, October 9th. But, of course, the tragic events of the preceding Shabbat affected these plans and even made them consider postponing. Avichai's mother insisted on keeping the date, however, saying in Hebrew, lo dochim smachot, which means we don't postpone joyous occasions. So they went through with it, even though it would not be the celebration they had envisioned for so long. The venue moved from a grand wedding hall to a small park in their neighborhood. And after a series of posts from Catherine's friends seeking help from the community to bring in the joy of this moment, dozens of strangers showed up to the park. A band, photographers, even an event planner, and a group of local teenagers who raked leaves and helped set everything up. Just as Catherine and Avichai left to go to the park, rocket sirens went off. Now, having a bride and groom in the bomb shelter caused quite a stir. Catherine recounts there were a lot of tears that day, whether happy tears, sad tears, mixed tears. So the makeup lady instructed my friends how to fix me up every time. And we're in the bomb shelter, and my friends are tapping my face, fixing up my makeup. The two of them waited the requisite 10 minutes, waiting for another siren, and after not hearing one, continued making their way to the chuppah, only to find this tiny park in their neighborhood transformed into a beautiful wedding dreamland. So Catherine and Avichai were married, surrounded by a lot of folks that they didn't know, including an elderly couple who had set up lawn chairs and clapped and sang along with them. The story came from a podcast called Israel Story. I would encourage you to check it out. And the host, who was a friend of Catherine's, shared, I think what I heard most after the party is that maybe, maybe you, Catherine, might feel that others helped you. But in actuality, this wedding brought a lot of light to people in a really dark time. What this story highlights is what Jewish tradition so often teaches that in the face of hatred, one of the most powerful things we can do is experience joy, casting light into the darkness by living full and meaningful lives. Another moment of inspiration came just today when I came across a Facebook post by Dasi Berkowitz, a Jewish educator living in Jerusalem, whose husband, Rabbi Leon Morris, is the president of the Pardes Institute. She offered a letter written to her children, speaking to them in this difficult time. And in it, she included a poem by Mary Oliver entitled, Don't Hesitate. It reads, if you suddenly and unexpectedly feel joy, don't hesitate. Give in to it. There are plenty of lives and whole towns destroyed or about to be. We are not wise and not very often kind. And much can never be redeemed. Still, life has some possibility left. Perhaps this is its way of fighting back. That sometimes something happens better than all the riches or power in the world. It could be anything. 
but very likely you noticed it you notice it in the instant when love begins anyway that's often the case anyway whatever it is don't be afraid of its plenty joy is not made to be a crumb i'll say that again joy is not made to be a crumb what a powerful lesson for all of us in this moment In recent weeks, many have asked me, Rabbi, what can I do? How can I help? It's a very deep and powerful and poignant question when we're confronted with situations that feel beyond our scope and far outside of our control. Most of us are not soldiers in the war against Hamas, nor do we often find ourselves on the front lines of the battle against anti-Semitism we see playing out online or on college campuses and elsewhere. Of course, we can and we should and we must donate to funds and organizations providing much needed resources. We must remain vigilant in calling out anti-Semitism in our own community. And we must write to elected officials and leaders. But perhaps the most powerful thing that we can do, both now in these times and long into the future, is to experience joy as Jews. Unabashed, unapologetic, boundless joy. The joy that comes with being part of a tradition and a wonderful community such as this that has so often encountered the darkness of humanity, but has always responded with hope and light. So what is joy really? And what makes it such a powerful force? Author and counselor Brene Brown defines joy as an intense feeling of deep spiritual connection, pleasure, and appreciation. Some might equate joy with happiness, but as Rabbi Greenstein taught us this past era of Rosh Hashanah, the sole pursuit of happiness is often fleeting, personal, and dependent upon a lot of external circumstances. By contrast, joy, or meaning, as he put it, connects us deeply with things that are larger than ourselves, and it binds our present with our past as well as our future. As Brene Brown writes, joy is characterized by a connection with others, or with God, nature, or the universe. Joy is not made to be a crumb. It is lasting, meaningful, and not beholden to external criteria that must be fulfilled. Quoting theologian Anne Robertson, Brown notes that the ancient Greeks defined chairo, their word for joy, as the culmination of being in the good mood of the soul. Its opposite, she goes on to explain, is not sadness, as we might think, but the opposite of joy, in fact, is fear. The antidote for fear is joy. It is meaning and it is connection. Perhaps this is why after the planned extermination of of the Jews in Persia by Haman, okay, I'll try that again. Jews in Persia by Haman, thank you, thank you. The book of Esther says the Jews enjoyed light and joy, happiness and honor. As Jews, we are meant to experience joy fully, 
to rejoice in our festivals, as our text reads, v'samachta b'chagecha, you shall rejoice in your festivals. To joyfully offer worship, to la'avod et Adonai b'simcha, to worship God in joy. And we are meant to connect with the past, the present, and the future of our people with pride, even as so many want us to live in fear. Even now, at times like this, no, especially now, at times like this, we should not be afraid of joy's plenty. We might call to mind the words of Rabbi Nachman of Breslov, who taught mitzvah gedolah lehiot besimcha. It is a great mitzvah, a great commandment to experience joy. This Shabbat, we read from Parshat Lechlecha, section of the book of Genesis, describing the moment when, a, at this point, Avram, or Abram, and Sarai are called upon to venture forth into the unknown of a new land and a new mission in the world. Towards the end of the portion, their names are changed with an addition of the Hebrew letter He into Abraham, Avraham, and Sarah, Sarah. Rabbi Haley Goldstein notes that this specific letter was not accidental, but actually points to a deepened connection with the divine, a deeper connection with God. Since God's proper name, we come to learn later in the Torah, contains the letter He not once, but twice. And incorporating God's name into their own, Abraham and Sarah become connected to a world and a story far larger than themselves. One that will stretch long into the future and that will guide the spiritual journeys of their descendants. They are no longer just individuals with their own particular stories, but they are now guided by the joy and the meaning of being a part of something greater, this mission to be a blessing in the world. True, this role comes with a great responsibility and at times may lead to pain and distress, but it is also an act of profound joy and meaning, the lasting joy that comes with feeling closer to God, to one another, and to a tradition that spans across and even transcends time. So on this Shabbat, in the midst of our own cosmic wedding to the divine Sabbath bride whom we welcomed just moments ago, I pray that we can all find moments to experience joy in the deepest sense of the word. At a time when so many in our Jewish community feel fear with thoughts of remo removing mezuzahs or tucking our high or Jewish star necklaces into our shirts, let us fight back with meaningful, life-affirming Jewish joy. Let us experience the warmth of kindling the Shabbat candles, the spiritual nourishment of song and prayer, the intellectual growth of sacred study, the power of gratitude in offering breath blessings throughout each day for moments, for special moments, both big and small. Let us find new channels for joy and meaning. Like these new names given to our spiritual ancestors, 
Let's try new rituals or experience different ways of bringing Judaism and Jewish tradition closer to our hearts and in our homes. In the face of a hatred that would see us live in fear and shame, let us plant ourselves firmly in our long chain of tradition and live joyously, proudly as Jews. Because each moment of Jewish joy is an act of resistance. Each celebration of rebuttal against those who would see our demise. Stretching back to our ancestors, Abraham and Sarah, we are a part of a tradition that has witnessed the world's history. We've seen empires rise and fall, spoken countless languages, lived across the world in a multitude of cultures, And throughout everything, through it all, we have triumphed over darkness with our light, combated fear with our joy, rejected death with our lives. So let us live. Let us live and rejoice in the experiences that bring us meaning and connection, that weave our past together with our present and extend on into the future. Joy is not made to be a crumb In fact, it is our most powerful tool of defiance. Can you hear us? May it be God's will. We say together, Amen. Amen.